What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Glad to have you guys here as we get ready to get the show started here. We've got the UAB preview is what's on tap tonight. Dogs playing against the Blazers, I believe, is what UAB is. That's what we got coming up Saturday, so that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Again, glad to have you guys here as we get things prepped up for it. Dogs taking the field at 7.30. We get to 7.30. We get another night kick in Sanford, which everybody has got to be kind of excited about that. Even though it's UAB, you know, we kind of wish that might be like a tougher team. You know, it would have been fun to have South Carolina last week as a night game. Nothing we can do about it. So, excited to have a night game. Seen a little bit of rumblings of the possibility of a blackout. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see a blackout or not. Do I think it would be cool? Maybe. Do I think it would be fun? Maybe. I don't know. I really don't know how to feel about the blackout. Like, I, I, I'm i always excited when we wear it, but I feel like sometimes if we were to wear it against UT Martin, it really doesn't carry much. But at the same time, I know that Kirby's like, yeah, we don't need it anyways. So, it really doesn't matter. But I still think it would be cool. Come out there in the blackout jerseys on a night game, lighten up Sanford. That'd probably be pretty fun just to put some kind of spark in the atmosphere. Not that Georgia needs it. I know Kirby's talked about that before. A team shouldn't need any extra motivation uh, to go out there and beat anybody, but especially an opponent that you should come out uh, and take care of pretty handily. Take care of pretty handily. All right, let's kind of get into this thing here. First thing I want to talk about, prayers out to Nick Chubb. My goodness, uh, had him on my fantasy league. That doesn't matter at all in this situation, but uh, has a has a terrible, terrible knee injury earlier this week and uh everything that i've been reading about it man it's just awful first of all for the injury to happen take you out for the season but for the potential of it really being a career ending injury you know just it's it's such a it's a sad thing it's all there is to it especially for a guy who you know meant so much to the university still means so much to his hometown everything that there is nick chubb's such a great guy um so just prayers out to him for everything that that he's dealing with at this moment and everything that's to come down the road you know whatever that may be whatever that may look like prayers up to nick chubb in that um and speaking of injury georgia has probably the longest injury list i've ever seen uh i've seen reports that have come out that this is the ron corson even said the same thing this is the longest injury list i've ever seen georgia have under kirby smart's tenure not that that matters as far as it being kirby smart's tenure because just a lot of dudes are hurt they're putting in a lot of volume and, and I mean injuries happen that's all there is to it but it's a long list it's a very long list it's a list that we're going to uh, we're going to go through some of these and I, I left a couple of these out because you know uh, thinking about like the running back my goodness Branson Robinson I mean he's out for the season we already know that a couple of these guys are already out for the season and I may even say one that's out for the season on this list that I'm about to run through not thinking about it all of these are either guys who will not be playing Saturday or are questionable to whether or not they will play on Saturday. Don't know, to be honest with you. A couple of these guys I think we know we won't see. Uh, Kendall Milton, he's battling uh, that same knee injury, you know, that I think's kind of bothered him his entire career at the University of Georgia. Battling that, questionable if we're going to see him. You know, he didn't really come back in in that second half uh, after he really went out. I think he came back for maybe a drive, but then that was it. It was, it was shutting him down from that point. Uh, I don't know how he is in a running back room that's already been beat up. You know, it was great to get DeJon Edwards back. That's the good thing about last week is getting him back. Uh, 
But having Kendall go out, you know, it's just another. But adding on top of that is Roderick Robinson, who also goes out with a high ankle sprain. I don't know what it is about this season and, and ankle sprains. It seems like everybody, offensive line, running backs, everybody seems to be having an ankle issue uh, going on this season. But Roderick Robinson now being out, that's another guy that he's not going to be back there running the rock more than likely. What I'm reading is that that uh, he's got that, but you know it's questionable. So there's two running backs right there in an already slim running back room before this that now has just got the possibility of being even slimmer coming into the UAB game. Good thing is, again, you get a good and healthy DeJounte Edwards back. Cash Jones has looked really good as a preferable as a walk-on that came on, and he he is doing a great job as as walk-ons have tended to do at the University of Georgia. And then you have Dylan Bell who's sliding over there. We hadn't seen any Andrew Paul, which I've been kind of curious about, but maybe he's just not quite ready. I think listening to some of the presser earlier this week that Kirby was talking about, these guys are still working, they're still getting better, but I don't think they're quite to the level that we need them to be at to be in a game. This could be the week where they get those carries. I don't know. We'll see when when time comes lad he's already said will not be in this game uh, still battling that back injury we talked about it every week and i think it's just a continued thing i, I really don't expect to see lad anytime soon um i don't i know we're not going to see him in this game i would still be surprised if we see him next week you know next week uh let's see luckily i mean we're headed to auburn so not really luckily but that's a it's a pretty rough environment as far as going into regardless of what auburn's done this season or not uh going to Auburn is still a pretty tough environment to play in. Not having Ladd does stink, but luckily a lot of these other guys are starting to step up in big positions too, and we need that to continue, especially with these injuries. Javon, you know, he, to me, looked like he was ready last week, and Kirby said they decided to shut him down uh, after he went through warm-ups, didn't didn't quite fill up to par, so they were like, all right, well, let's hold him out. Um, And then I think he was not even practicing at the beginning of this week, so I, I think he's still a question. Is he going to see the field on Saturday? I don't know the answer to that either. Um, so that's another guy, Marius Mims. We know he's out. We know that he's uh, having surgery, that tightrope surgery. I don't know how long that lasts. You know, I, I've heard that some guys can go back, come back pretty quickly from that, and then at other guys it takes a little bit longer. Some of that will be dependent on that. Lawson Lucky is out. Pierce, Pierce Sperlin is out. Austin Blasky is out. A guy who I kind of thought we'd have in, Tyrant. Uh, Ingram Dawkins, he's out. Marvin Jones Jr., out. So, ton of guys that are out offensively and defensively. So, we are battling attrition at that depth chart right now. As far as the depth goes, the good thing is we do have depth in a lot of these positions. Uh, but you've got some pretty key guys in there that are out. Um, and and the good thing I will say about last week was getting Dejon Edwards back made a big difference. We're talking about a guy who, who has not came into a game all season comes into the first game and all of a sudden takes the lead in all the the running backs over three weeks guys who have been running now for three weeks he in one game surpassed all running backs on this team uh, so it's great to have him back but it stinks for the couple of guys who are now you know behind him which we anticipated the john to be number one on that that depth chart anyway in the running back position if if it's not kindle um but now having these other guys that are behind him that are down you know you you all of a sudden you went from oh well we've got a pretty full room now that Dijon's back and we're right back to square one where we were just two weeks ago without him and with Kendall battling the same kind of issue so real 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 tight in that running back room again you see a, a Dylan Bell slide over from wide out into that position we'll see he's definitely going to have to continue to do that and then our wide outs they're going to have to continue to step up as well so it's it's tough 
But it's that next man mentality up, that next man up mentality. There we go. Couldn't say it at all. Uh, that we've definitely got to live by here over the next couple of weeks. Again, you kind of get a little bit of a breather, I think, here for UAB. Um, so next week you head to Auburn, though. So this doesn't mean that you get to sleepwalk through this game. Can't walk into this game and just sleepwalk into it and expect to uh, expect to win a football game. It definitely can't expect to win it easily, uh, even even if it is a more inferior opponent. So that's that's you know that's unfortunately kind of the way that things are going right now as far as for Georgia. We just we're struggling right now in the depth chart. I think we're going to be okay because again I think it's that next man up mentality. But still, it's just something that you kind of need to kind of need to keep an eye out on. All right, let's kind of get into some stuff here. I want to want to start off like this. Let's see, you know, some of the conversation of this past week has been. Man, Georgia seems to be starting slow. You know, we're really struggling to kind of get guys going. You know, we're having these issues at depth, yes, but we should still be able to put up a lot of points. I want to talk about some of the stuff, especially last week. Georgia in the first half of last week didn't really look like that championship caliber team that we expect to see. Didn't look like a team who we would see a three-peat come out of. We talked about... Man, Kirby must have got on him at halftime. And you, I think everybody saw that SEC inside where it turns out he didn't. He did something far better than that. And he looked at his team and he told them, hey, we're going to be okay. We're going to take this one moment at a time. We're going to get the ball X amount of times. Defense, we're only going to give up one score to them. Okay, but then that's it. Give up one, that's it. That's all we're going to give up. Offensively, we're about to go out here and score. And we're going to prove our dominance. We're going to prove the reason that we are the team that we are. And we're going to lean on these guys. And sure enough, Georgia comes out in that second half. That's what they do. Completely leaned on South Carolina. Completely flipped the script of the game entirely. I mean, showed the true championship caliber team that Georgia can be, and I expect them to be kind of moving forward. Doesn't mean that they're not going to face this adversity. This is one of the big things. Not only adversity striking in the injury as far as the uh, – in the depth chart as far as the injuries go, but facing adversity in a game like that. The Georgia of old is a team that would not have woke back up, is a team that in 2019 did not wake back up, went to sleep in this game, thought they could sleepwalk through it and win it, and got beat at home by that same team they beat last week. Obviously not the same players, but it's the same team. Had the opportunity to do that same thing, and they didn't. The really good thing that I love, look back at last year. You play the same kind of a game against Missouri. You're about to see where I'm going with this. You see, you play this almost same exact game against Missouri last week or last year. Very well could have lost that game, but you didn't. You continued to fight. You battled the adversity that you were in. Being down in a rough environment at that time, Missouri was given everything that they could on both sides of the ball, but also their crowd was doing a really good job of affecting Georgia as well. Kirby talked about that somewhat when it comes to crowd noise, both home and away that he does believe it does account for a good bit of yardage as far as penalties go against the team that is on the road. And Georgia, against Missouri last year, faced adversity. But they looked it in the face, they got past it, did what a championship team does, got over it, won that game, moved on and went to win a national championship. Right now we keep getting stuck on the fact that Georgia just played a South Carolina team in the first half rough. Granted that, give you that 100%. But in the second half, showed you the team that they can be. And again, I anticipate them being from this point forward. But you battle adversity to get better. If your team never battles it later in the season when you run into it, 
if you don't know how to battle it, it can be an issue where you might not be able to get over a game like that. You might get to the end of September. Well, technically next week. You might get to the middle of October, end of October, start of November, and be up against adversity again. Or you could have not faced this, hit that adversity later in the season, not really know what to do about it because you think that your team already has a good chemistry going on. You think that your team is already gelling the way that it should. And then all of a sudden, late in the season, you face the adversity and you're not sure what your team's going to do about it because they haven't had to and they slip up and lose a game. Luckily, this happened early in the season. Last year, similar thing kind of happened. Missouri, Kent State, we saw how all those things went. Not the biggest wins, not the prettiest wins of all, but still wins at the end of the day. South Carolina was a win at the end of the day. First half was not fun. I understand that. Second half, as dominant as you could possibly be, and they faced adversity. Looked it in the face. They went, struck it, won the game. Exactly what you're supposed to do as a championship winning team. If you're going to win championships, you've got to do that. you got to look in the face of adversity and get over it. And that's what Georgia did against South Carolina. And I'm glad that they had that kind of game. I know everybody else is out there, oh, man, I, I sure we wish we'd have whooped them. Everybody wishes that, but they didn't. But the good thing is our team got to face adversity, and we get to move on into the next week, a 3-0 and football team. No losses in that record. Still perfect on the season. We're going to continue walking that way. Hey, I, I really appreciate you guys being here. If you guys are watching on YouTube, please hit that like button. I'd greatly appreciate that. Leave a comment if you want to. If you guys are listening on podcast, make sure you give it that five-star review wherever you guys are listening. Follow us on Twitter, at DogTalkX, whatever it is, at DogTalk20. Instagram, same thing, at DogTalk20. And there, as you can see across the top of the screen, we do have the socials flowing there for uh for youtube as well if you guys are listening on podcast make sure you go over and check out the youtube channel i greatly appreciate it let's get into this preview georgia and uab again this one's happening at 7 30 we get the night game the light game is what i'll call it also in sanford man i'm fired up and excited about that georgia coming into this game coming into this game offensively we were doing really well last week kind of coming into this as far as the ranks go slides a little bit but georgia's still getting 39 points per game georgia's still doing great offensively so many people keep saying oh man georgia offensively just isn't doing much what i told you guys last week i think is still true we're having issues when we get in the red zone and we can't kick field goals to save our life right now i think that's going to come to an end as well i think kirby talked about it in his presser hey every week is a battle every week is testing hey how are these guys looking? Let's put them in different situations. Let's give them different pressures as a kicker and see how they do. Didn't think we'd come on this podcast and talk about a kicker tonight, but that's what we're going to do because we got to be able to kick the field goals. When we drive down the field three drives and we don't get points out of it because our field goal kicker has missed it over the past two weeks, that is going to become an issue in the future. He's faced the adversity. Now it's time to rise up above it and win it. So we've got to kick the ball better, and we've got to score when we get in the red zone, whether it's getting that kick that we're not getting or getting in the end zone. Preferably the end zone, everybody knows that. But, hey, when, sometimes you got to take the points, whether it's three or not. Okay, Sometimes you just got to take them. But offensively, 39 points per game is nothing to, nothing to shrug at. We're doing really good as far as that goes, and really, really good on the defensive side of the ball. Eight points per game is what we're giving up in that. That's good enough to be third in the country at the moment right now offensively we are averaging 468 yards per game don't really know where this compares last year i should have looked this stat up before but i didn't so this is what we're going to go with defensively though we're only giving up 246.3 yards per game the wild thing is 
what we're going to get to here in a minute, one of the things we had coming into that South Carolina game, and especially coming out of it, it was like, man, we're just we're not throwing the ball really well. We're not really getting much yardage out of it. Carson Beck's been doing great. Been doing really good. We're going to talk about that stat here coming up in just a minute. Carson is doing fine. And 468 yards per game, you're going to see most of that is attributed to the fact that Carson Beck has been throwing the ball because most of that is not coming on the ground. Most all of that is coming on the through the air, which we're going to look at here in just a second. Let me get it pulled up here in just a minute. But anyways, this is what we've got coming into it. UAB, quarterback. We've only met three times. Closest of these games happened in 2003. It was a 16 to 13 win for Georgia, then 34 to nothing in 06, 56 to 7 just a couple of years ago when we played each other. Georgia has continued to get better in all these games. I think that's going to continue uh, as well. Their quarterback, Jacob Zeno, main guy, throwing almost 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, but is prone to throwing an interception three on the season so far. Carson Beck, on his season, has done a fantastic job. I've enjoyed watching Carson. There's a lot of things that I've kind of been hoping, hey, maybe he'll start to figure out for us. Maybe he'll start to look downfield. I think that's what most everybody keeps looking at and saying, hey, you got to look downfield. We're going to get to the keys here in just a minute. But on the season, 71 for 96, he's thrown 74% is where he's sitting, right at 850 yards, four total touchdowns, three through the air, one on the ground using his legs. I was looking at one point, he's like the fifth best rusher Georgia has on the team with like 16 yards, which is not a lot. And that's not something to look at and go, man, that's awesome. This is what I was talking about earlier. Most of the yardage that Georgia is getting is coming through the air because right now rushing the ball, Georgia averages 149.3 yards a game. 4.4 yards is the average per carry in this so far through the season, through three weeks. And we average three touchdowns. This is the big difference in it is, and I think before DeJon Edwards played last week, that number was lower as far as rushing yards per game because we had only gotten 100 yards in the game before whereas he alone had almost 120 yards this past week. So that rushing number went up just because of him last week. But the wild part about that is most of the touchdowns, they're coming on the ground, whether it's Carson rushing in like he did that time or we've got short yardage guys with Kendall running it in, with Dijon now also having Dylan Bell and then uh, even uh, even Cash Jones almost blanked on my guy Cash real quick. Say we can't be doing that. But anyways... Carson's look great offensively. We're getting things going. We're doing what we got to do. This is not a game I really anticipate Georgia having trouble with. Georgia's a 42-and-a-half-point favorite coming into this game. Coming into this game. So let's look at the keys. I wanted to get them pulled up on the screen for you, but I didn't get them pulled up on the screen for you, so you're just going to have to deal with it. Okay? You guys on YouTube, again, make sure you give us that thumbs up. Here's the keys to the game offensively. Start early. Let's just let's just quiet out all the noise on Twitter. Let's quiet it all out on Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere it is. Start early. Let's let's just get this rock rolling immediately. Let's take the kickoff to the house if we get the ball first and just make everybody be quiet off the get-go. So so I can watch a football game for the rest of the night and not have to listen to everybody complain about the fact that Georgia's only up ten to nothing after the first quarter. Georgia's supposed to be up forty two points in the first half, and that's not happening. Start early. Let's start this thing early so that way I don't have to hear that. That's just for me. That's a key to the game. But that, that, that's just so I don't have to listen to everybody say the same thing. Myself included. That way I don't have to say it. Eyes downfield. This one's for Brock, or this one's for Carson Beck. Eyes downfield. Some of what we talked about at halftime last week. We got to look down the field. You know, we keep looking at these first little what should be check downs, and we're not looking deep down the field. 
just getting those eyes downfield, and then blocking. Want to continue that same success of last week. I know this is going to kind of come repetitive in some situations, but we got to block offensively, especially because Amarius Mims now being down. We got to have a good blocking O line so it gives Carson time back there to throw. So that's it offensively, defensively, communicate. I think we've continued this, and and uh, that's what I wrote on here. Really, it's only two keys to the defense continuing that communication georgia has looked really well i think defensively like we talked about last week georgia's really really gelling on the defense i think a lot of guys are communicating you saw this in week one and we saw it again last week guys are talking to each other guys are looking across the field whatever's happening on that offensive side of the ball they're reading it looking talking to one another getting in place and very very few times are we having busted plays they happen not saying they don't a very few times that we haven't that because I think we do such a good job in communicating. Next on the defensive keys to the game that I want to see in this one, tackling in the open field. We've done pretty good about it. Last week we kind of got a little bit a little bit iffy about it when Spencer Rattler was getting out of the pocket. Don't really anticipate this being much of a running quarterback that we're going to go up against here in UAB, but I want us to be able to ca- tackle in open field successfully. Successfully is probably the biggest key of that for me but that's all i got offensively and defensively again we're going to kind of move through this thing pretty quickly because there's not a ton to really have to get into when it comes to this georgia uab game i anticipate georgia to really kind of take care of business uh, when it comes to all all aspects of this game georgia is good enough to be able to do that and that's what i expect them to do that's our keys to the game score prediction on it again like i know i know i know i'm i'm pushing through this thing pretty quick here georgia 55 to nothing that's what I think about it. You guys can agree, disagree. I'll put the post up for us to kind of talk about as well on Twitter here coming up at Dog Talk Twenty. Make sure you guys follow us there. But that's what I got on it. Fifty-five to nothing. I think Georgia takes care takes care of business pretty easily. Uh, I want us to continue to run the rock. I want I want to see Dejon continue to rock and roll with it as well. My biggest thing is the guys who are behind him. I hope that they're ready as well. I hope when Cash gets his opportunity, if Andrew Paul gets in there, when Dylan Bell slides over, I want to see these guys continuing getting reps, but just getting better. And that next man up mentality in any position that we have right now that is low on on the depth chart or in this situation we've got a lot of injury and these guys are having to step up, I want to see that happen. I want to see these guys step up, getting meaningful snaps, but also being competitive and playing good football. That's kind of my biggest part of it right there so that's the preview that's the preview that we've got on it coming into a couple of the other things we got some other big games that are going on around the country that you'll see scrolling across the bottom of the screen uh, there if you guys are watching on youtube but some of the other big ones you got number four fsu at clemson that one's happening at lunchtime you get a 12 o'clock kick for that one you kind of got three stages of really good games you got that you got uh, Ole Miss and Alabama's playing at 3.30. Then you get Ohio State and Notre Dame playing at 7.30. You got Arkansas and LSU at 7. Georgia and UAB, obviously, at 7.30. Kind of lining up that way, getting to watch FSU and, and Clemson at 12. Then right after that, you get to watch uh, Ole Miss, Alabama. Then right after that, you can watch Georgia, obviously, but you can flip over to that Notre Dame game, too, see what's going on there. Also in that 3.30 slot, you get number 19, Colorado, uh, and and number 10, Oregon. So that's going to be another big one. Some of the other bigger ones that are going on around as well. Like I said, Arkansas and LSU. I think that one's going to be a good one. It's in LSU, though, so that could be a little bit of a difference. I think that one's at like three. Not quite that uh, normal time. And number three, Texas is taking on Baylor. Could be interesting. USC traveling to Arizona State. 
FSU Clemson. Duke, Connecticut, don't really anticipate that being much of anything. Let's see. BYU, Kansas, I think that'll be a pretty good one. Maryland and Michigan State. North Carolina, Pitt always has that opportunity. Number 24, Iowa, and number 7, Penn State. This is the biggest week as far as ranked matchups that are going on as well. Mississippi State at South Carolina, that'll be another good one to watch. Kind of keep an eye on there. SMU, TCU, Auburn at Texas A&M. That'll be another fun one. So we do have a few of these good games. Number 22, UCLA, and number 11, Utah facing off. That'll be another pretty good one. Number 14, Oregon State. Number 21, Washington State. Not really one that I think is going to be that good, but nonetheless, it is a ranked mashup. Cal and Washington, Kentucky and Vandy. Then you get App State and Wyoming. So a couple of good games. A couple of games actually going on right now. Georgia State and Coastal Carolina. Some of the other ones that you get on Friday. Wisconsin and Purdue. Boise State, San Diego State. Air Force, San Jose State. North NC State and Virginia. So you got a couple of other games that are going on over the weekend as well. Weekly picks. Didn't do all that great last week. Three and four last week. 11-9 overall. Hey, we're still in a winning record. This is the week where I'm about to take... I'm about to take some serious risks. This is my chance to go well over 500 or well below 500. I've got them. I'm picking them all. I'm doing four full picks. That means I'm picking the team to win. That also means that I'm picking the spread on it. And that means I've got eight total picks. So if I can at least go four and four, we're doing good. But I'm doing eight. But I'm also taking some pretty serious games, too, in these, which is – I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit nervous about it because most of the time I just I try to take it easy with a couple, maybe one game that's really kind of controversial of who could win this and who might not. And we're going to see. Taking Georgia. If you guys truly listen and pay attention to what I say every week when I do these weekly picks, I'm taking Georgia minus 42 and a half because I've got them picked 55 to nothing. Let me say this again. If you truly listen, you understand what's coming out of my mouth when I say I'm taking Georgia and minus 42 and a half. Every time I do this, for whatever reason, Georgia doesn't cover, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust it this year. Let's see if things are different this year. That's me knocking on wood. FSU at Clemson. Give me FSU, and I'm taking that minus two. I think I think it, even I don't care if it's at Clemson or not. I think Clemson gets a three-point favorite just because they're at home. And guess what? FSU's still a two-point favorite in the game. I think FSU's going to win it. I really do. I think FSU's going to win it at least by a field goal. I mean, that's better than two. So give me FSU minus two uh, is what it is. Ole Miss at Alabama. This is the tough one, ladies and gentlemen. Alabama's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Jalen is going to be the quarterback. Should be. Should have been from the start. They figured that out last week in a terrible game. Most of the time coming off of a game like that, Alabama seems to thrive and, and, and do pretty well, especially when they get to come back home against whoever. But they just happen to be coming back home against an old Miss team who years past has, has come up against them and just really can't get the job done. You know, Lane Kiffin is he's an interesting coach. He's an intriguing coach. And, and I mean, don't, doesn't he eventually have to win one of these games? Didn't do it against LSU last year. Didn't do it against Alabama last year. Didn't do it the year before when I thought he would. Can he do it this year? Got a pretty good pretty good team over there. They seem to match up pretty well. Biggest thing is, can Ole Miss do what Texas? Can Ole Miss shockingly do what Florida Atlantic or whoever it was they played last week? 
can they do what they did defensively and stop Alabama from moving the ball while effectively still moving the ball yourself? I don't know if Ole Miss is good as Texas to be able to go into Bryant-Denny and beat them. I don't know. I really don't. This is probably the toughest of all of them for me looking at it going, I don't know, but I'm doing it anyways. Give me Ole Miss plus six and a half. Ole Miss to win the game outright, that gives them that plus six and a half. Then the last one is going out of conference. Well, I guess FSU Clemson was too. But going out of conference also. Notre Dame at Ohio State. This is another pretty tough one. Ohio State is a three-point favorite at the house. But I'm going to say this. Notre Dame looks different this year. You know, in years past, they are that team that also does the same thing, that every year I'm like, man, they're overrated. This team isn't really that good. 2012, they got absolutely thumped in the BCS National Championship. But I've told you on the show, we can't keep looking deep back into the past like that. Eventually, teams have to get over. Hey, Tennessee managed to do it against Alabama last year. They lost to, to Florida last week. But anyways, uh, Notre Dame, let's get back on track here. Notre Dame at Ohio State. Eventually, this team has to be good, and it truly be good, not just a couple of games where they're good. Give me Notre Dame winning it outright, plus three in this game. So there you heard it. Georgia minus 42.5, FSU minus two. Ole Miss plus six and a half, Notre Dame plus three. Again, really good chance to go one and seven. Really good chance to go seven and one. Which way is it going to go? I don't know. If I went eight and zero this week, though, what could I do? I'm going to be honest. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm not going to really give anything because you guys might hold me to it, and uh, just not going to do that. But I'm going with the bold picks this week. Bold picks and the weekly picks. We'll see how it faces out. I do think this one thing about these games around the country this week, I think this week is kind of a week we get to truly learn about some of some of these teams. You know, we get to learn, all right, is FSU for real? You know, they, they faced a test against uh, Boston College last week. Granted, the weather wasn't great, and, and they had the game in the bag. They just defensively decided to give it right back to and, and allow Boston College back in that game. Clemson is not even a ranked team right now for the first time – well, I guess technically a couple of years ago, maybe even last year. At one point, they weren't ranked then either. Uh, but Clemson is not the same Clemson of old either. FSU, to me, has truly come back and, and is a shining light. Does that mean I think they win the national championship? Not necessarily. I think they'll be in the college football playoffs. I think they're that good of a team. And if they show up like they did against LSU, they're very well likely to do that. But this is a test to see. Are they truly that? If they lose on the road at an, an an unranked Clemson, maybe not. Maybe we start to see, okay, there is a crack in that little shield down there in Tallahassee. We'll see. Ole Miss at Alabama. Alabama already has one loss. They have the potential and the chance to have two after this, this early in the season. I'll go back for the review that we'll have on Sunday. I will go back and look and see. I had Alabama 9-3 and three at the end of this season, losing to Texas losing to LSU. I don't know if this was the second loss that I gave them or not, but I'll go back and look because I'm curious. I'm curious to remember exactly who it was that I had them losing to because Texas was the first and LSU later in the season is the second one that I have. I don't know if that's going to happen. LSU didn't look all that great against it. I'll take that back. It was a pretty good game against FSU, but kind of looked iffy. But then last week, all of a sudden, they smacked Mississippi State in the face. Like, wait a minute, why'd you do that? You know, where'd that come from? So if they show up like that, 
their thing I think is they just got to get consistent but this is a chance to see okay is Alabama for real or is this truly you know the time where it's like man they're they're just not the team this year they're not the team that everybody on game day picked the first week of college football to win the SEC or do they show up and rise up against Lane Kiffin again and he kind of sits back going man I have got to figure this out but I haven't figured it out this year I hope that it's the latter, mainly for Lane, because I think it'd be fun for Lane to kind of get to win that game. You know, plus it gets another guy who who's who's beaten Saban, but, I mean, that doesn't really matter. It's mainly just Alabama in general. And then the Notre Dame situation, kind of the same thing. I really don't think Ohio State is – is they're definitely not as good as last year, in my opinion, at least. Um, C.J. Stroud made a huge difference in that team. Uh, I, th- I think offensively they might can still get some stuff together. But I don't know. It it doesn't seem the same to me. Defensively, I still think they're a pretty good team. They they and Michigan are a lot alike as far as offensively. They're very consistent, but defensively, you know, well they're pretty consistent there too. It's it's we're gonna score thirty and we're gonna hold you to ten. That's the kind of football that we're gonna play. Notre Dame, on the other hand, every single week that I've seen them, it's like man, offensive explosion and defensive pretty good as well. And and I think this is a chance for for one of the other offensively to say you know we we have the offense right here this team's defense is good but they're not good enough to stop ours or does this turn into a massive like big 10 versus independent school where all of a sudden halftime it's it's three to nothing and by the end of the game it's a 10 to 7 final i don't know it could be one of those two could be just down to the wire defensively is what we figure out what they have but some of these other big games as well I think we kind of get to see. But even in weeks where you don't have these ranked matchups, you still have controversy that comes up. There was the controversy of, of uh, South Carolina versus Georgia last week at the half. You know, we got to look at it at the final by the end of it and see what happens. But uh, uh, Texas-Baylor, I don't think it's something to sleep on. I think Baylor could all of a sudden show up and say, hey, Texas, don't forget about us. You know, we're over here too. We, we like to give you trouble. Or Texas could beat them 76 to nothing. You know, that's it. Flip a coin, it could happen either way. But I do think this is a week where we get to kind of look back at some of these ranked games at least and say, okay, let's see where these rankings should truly fall. And this is where stuff starts to slowly shape itself here early in the season for what could be to come later on in the season. Hey, I greatly appreciate you guys being here. Make sure you guys follow us on all the socials, at dogtalk 20 there, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Also over on the Facebook page on YouTube. Make sure you give us that thumbs up if you guys are watching. I greatly appreciate it. Subscribe to the channel as well if you have not already. If you guys are listening, go check that out. If you want to support the show, Patreon forward slash dog talk. I'd greatly appreciate that. And we'll check in with you guys Sunday where we preview, or excuse me, we review the Georgia UAB game from Saturday. Check in with you guys when that time comes. Good dogs.